0: In his older age, I'd want him as, as Shang Tsung for Mortal Kombat. That'd be dope.
1: That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad oh, with that. stopped and <laughs> made a
2: face.
3: Nerd on.
0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need but deserve. Where all levels of nerd are welcome. Yes, you're a sweet booty, you cutie out there. (laughs) We love your faces, miss your ears. Wow. Wow.
2: Hi.
0: Let us introduce the topic. It's very common nowadays to have to choose between which streaming platform to watch your favorite binge-worthy shows. However, today, we make an even harder choice. Today... We chose two shows, not one, not three, not five, but two shows that we are going to discuss and why we love them so much and why we chose them to individually represent who we are. I'd like As to go part- on the
1: record and say that Peaky Blinders would be one of my choices. However, if you want to check out our episode on it, <laughs> scroll back <laughs> down that and you our thoughts.
0: Scroll back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, in today's topic, the marquee on the, um, th- uh, the, the the message on the marquee TV shows or us. us? TV Duh. shows uh, or us? us? Yeah, you did are say us. Or us. <laughs> uh, or us? Or us. Which one do you want? Do you want you TV shows or one? you want us? <laughs> one, one or the other. They're like, oh, all the TV shows cancel. I was like, oh, okay. Well, TV shows
2: oh. are us. Uh,
0: We're almost episodes, three
3: years so. in and we still haven't done this episode, which is we've done two
2: kind of insane, actually. Two video game
3: ones, but not <laughs> TV shows are yeah. us. Well, I, blame Caitlin. I feel
2: like we we've we've covered a lot of TV shows. We've covered a lot of movies and video games feels a little more niche, I suppose. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're Maybe. kind of we're kind of always talking about the TV and the movies, so I, I, th- video I think games video a little games. more love.
0: I think video games change more radically than TV and film has. but let's uh, let's talk about this in in the actual episode. Let's introduce our host. My name is Tom. I'm Caitlin.
3: I'm Corey, and I am Josh. And this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the NerdOn Nation. That is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the NerdOn Nation, you do get fun, fun perks. Like you get early access to our to our episodes. You get bonus episodes that are heard by nobody but you. Just you. Get you. For your ears only. You get access to <laughs> private channels in the Discord server. Uh, You get a nerd on nudge to our, the nerd on update questions section. Um, But yeah, lots to, lots to check out. We always have, usually when we make announcements, we make it to the nerd on nation first. Um, But yeah.
1: And foremost.
3: That, that is that. Uh, if you want to check <laughs> want to that out, nerdon.io backslash Patreon. Do check out that Discord, <laughs> nerdon.io backslash Discord. And our partners, uh, Apogee and Odyssey. Apogee have these wonderful USB microphones, the Hype Mic. Can't recommend them enough. Can't recommend the company, uh, period, enough. They are a wonderful company to work with. They uh, make quality Warwell. products that I've been using for years, <laughs> and I dig them oh, hardcore. And <laughs> and then we have Odyssey headphones. You should really check out those. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. They're comfortable. Check them out, Debo.
1: They sound like there. butter if in your ears. It, no, if your it's if your ears were mouths, they'd taste like butter. Yeah, oh, that's Tastes much like, more informal and makes more sense. I feel like than that's what what gotta I said, be, but also
2: still doesn't make sense. But I also
1: I, I declare Apogee. You can use that for free. Yeah, <laughs> Apogee Odyssey? and Odyssey. Odyssey, excuse me. Let's go back. Let's cut that out real quick. I had coffee today. <laughs> or needs more.
3: Well, uh, that has been the housekeeping on with this fantastic, fantastic Before we get too far episode. in, I do want
1: to say up front, uh, Ali is taking a sabbatical for the next month. So all those DJ Gripe fans, we apologize from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, but he You'll will have to return. deal with the qualms and stuff. Yeah, he'll return next month.
2: <laughs> if you have a qualm and or a gripe, you can uh, message us. Uh, if you email uh, us. Tall, dark, the... not ugly yeah. on <laughs> any social media. Hit him up.
1: Yeah, yeah, all we'll of let him know how you feel. These subject lines just put gripes. So, no. Yes. It'd be great. God, no. <laughs> on with it's the show. To the
0: wrong, wrong. gripes. Hashtag release the qualm cut anyways um so we're gonna get on with the show um this is an rs so we're not gonna have really any guests at grumps we're not gonna have any ratings we're not gonna have we are gonna have a bunch of full of uh favorite parts and favorite characters Um, yeah it's gonna be a lot more of us going around uh the digital room um and going to talk about like a little bit of what the shows we kind of of, like uh embody who we are in in a way and how they've impacted us um, so I've been talking too much. I didn't know we were going to go
3: that deep. Well, we we'll oh, only go deep. How are I we only not? go
0: five fingers deep, Josh. Wow. Because oh, we want to make sure we're just going to talk we're about shows we like. Go. You want to make sure you they feel it. You know what I mean? Oh wow! <laughs> just Doing like Tom's raw. always
2: elbow deep in anything he does. Just so. like in a penis. Expect that always. Four prong.
0: Anyways, all right. So yeah. who wants to go first? Who wants <laughs> T- to talk?
2: Tom, why don't you open us up since you have a very clear picture of how things are?
0: Um shit. Okay, baby. Um. <laughs> so the first show I am going to talk about. Um, and this is a <laughs> this is not on our, our notes that we usually have for the show because Corey made a very good observation, said, Well, I'm not gonna do an episode about Pe- or talk about P E Blinders, even though that's one of his favorite shows because we already did an episode on it. And we already did an episode on the HBO Watchmen series. So my first show that I'm gonna talk about is going to be <sighs> Dragon Ball Z. Oh, um that weird. is that is I mean that is, that is so TV show right to me that was like when I started really like I was in, you know it was tsunami block so I was like nine oh, yeah. or ten to twelve years old but that's when I really started getting to like I have to see my daily episode I have to get to that routine point I need like it. I grew up watching like Family Matters and you know Smart Guy and Sister Sister and Fresh Prince oh, so I had that sense guy. of like. You know, watching something on a regular basis. But this is the first one where I was like, if I don't watch this episode, I'm gonna be out of the funk. I'm not gonna know what's happening. Even though <laughs> everyone's that's com- gonna
2: talk about it tomorrow and I'm gonna hear all the spoilers of all <laughs> the stuff I missed. And, and then yeah, I found out that was a
0: complete that was a complete lie because the way that Dragon Ball Z works is that people just yell at each other for the entire quarantine. I mean for the entire episode. And then you know, this takes forever. Um so there. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I mean, that is one of my favorite memes right now, where it's like, how long will the shutdown take? And then it sees the battle between Goku and Freeze, and I'm like, damn, that's hell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
0: um, but no, um this was the very first time that I felt like I was watching an anime because anime is a medium, uh not a genre. Um, you know, just like we talked with uh Miles from Crunchyroll. Um, there are a lot of um, devices that are used in anime, specifically like uh, internal monologues, um, announcing attacks, the type of delivery, which all comes from like old school kabuki theater. And so, like that's why it's so different from any t- other type of animation style or anything like that. It's because it's its own medium because it grew up from a different place. Um, but no, Dragon Ball Z is. Um, I think I've said it once. I've said it again, and I'll say it. I'll say it to the till, till the cows come home. Um, it was the perfect embodiment for a young boy um, growing up to see that uh, progress through adversity. Um, that there was never going to be a challenge that if you just worked really, really hard that you can get through. So uh, Dragon Ball Z was, is my first pick specifically because of that. And yeah. I mean, between Akira Toriyama's like, art design and then also like, how it is a riff of Journey to the West storyline um but then like it, it included like time capsule or it's it, time machines and capsule corporations so there's like futuristic technology yet there are these like old school cars and then there's dinosaurs and and monsters around um but then yet you're, you're fighting alien creatures and there's androids but then also there are dragons and it's like it's like a mixed w- genre melting pot of genres almost yeah i i think to me like you know uh, a lot of people tend to go Ham on one end of the spectrum instead of kind of like blending them in together in a way, which um, I think is hard. Um, which is actually kind of why I really liked uh, the the Krypton in Man of Steel because they mm. had like these flying dragon thingies, but then everything was like really technologically like advanced. So like there there there's there, there's a lot of like influences that from that, that brought from there on further. And I recently started playing Dragon Quest, like <gasps> the series for the first time. So I went, yeah. I beat the first, second, and third games. Um, on the Switch, because I was like, I really like Akira Toriyama's art style, so let me play this. Then also, I need to know who the hell Hero is on Smash Bros. But anyways, (laughs) like, um, also, I think, like, you know, even though it's very flawed, it's a very flawed show, Um, there are characters like Vegeta, who have, like, some of the greatest uh, redemption arcs, which is only made possible because of Piccolo's great redemption arc, and then when you have, like, a Piccolo, then you do a Vegeta, who are then later on revoiced by the same person mm-hmm. um then they just make vegeta the guy and then everyone loves that where like but also dragon ball z taught me what it meant to be having to have a a flat character arc and to have like a goku character who like never really has to go positively up or down or negatively down he just stays flat and he's always a good guy and he just knows what's best um you know, not he doesn't know what's best. He's actually a fucking buffoon. But like p- people He tries change. to do what's right. Yeah, yeah. And in Dragon Ball, the pre the predecessor to Dragon Ball Z, um, all the characters that he meets in every arc change positively because of him, and um, they get stronger because of him. Um, but at the around the end of Dragon Ball Z, the series, you know, he brings up this question of like, which to me, why like, I give I give a lot of modern. Things, a lot of shit like Avatar, the MCU, and all these other things, because I've seen it before. And so when Goku or when the Vision says our existence invites challenge, I'm like, that Go, Goku said that. Goku said that 20 years ago. <laughs> this isn't new. Like, who so, did it first? Like the yeah, Simpsons it, did it first, but it's But no, Goku, Goku said that for sure first. <laughs> before Simpsons. And so like oh, no, no, just, just, Yeah, I know. I know. It's compared to South Park. Um, but no, it's those kind of things where it's like anime as well as uh, more particularly and specifically Dragon Ball Z, time travel, places that are in pocket dimensions, elder, uh, you know, beings and other planets. Like, it had so much going for it that I I, I love it. But I feel yeah. like I want to give I give the, the the mic to somebody else because I'm just going to Well, go I on. mean,
1: it's, it, I, I'm also someone, I came a little later to the show through uh, some friends of mine who used to watch it daily. Uh, and when I was visiting them one time, they were like, oh, you got to, Check this show out. I think I was like eleven-ish, twelve maybe, uh, and I remember just being like, "This is I've never seen anything like this. this is amazing." I mean, because all I had really watched before that, I mean, was was stuff like you know, on TV was like Power Rangers or uh, you know, Beast Wars and stuff like that. So this was a completely different, different feel and vibe, and it had this this kind of uh, epicness. Or scale to it that I hadn't seen in a TV show before, Um, and I just I I think it's a fantastic show. I've watched since watched uh, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and I still have the soft spot for Z over over Dragon Ball because of that. Yeah,
0: Kira Toriyama saw that um, the fighting genre, um, not particularly just shown in, but just like boxing stuff and these tournament arc stuff where like actual martial artists and stuff like that. I forget what's it what what it's called, but. Um, just that subsect in the genre um, of just in, sh- but then now martial arts fighting was like super popular growing with boys at that time that he was right. like alright I'm gonna turn Dragon Ball Z into that instead of more of this adventure show mm-hmm. Um, because at first it, it's very adventure it's very go to the place oh, yeah. get the thing meet the people over there go to this tribe Red Ribbon Army yada yada but yeah like to your point like you know I grew up on Disney and I like as a child me and my sister that was what we what our imaginations were kind of capped out as and then when I saw Dragon Ball Z, it was like, oh, oh, there's much more that's going on. It's not just the end. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's always gonna be something more. Yeah. And then also like, oh, like I get to see the actual world at stake. Like I like there's so many shots where you just see the planet as the as the establishing shot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just
3: like, oh, it's not just a castle, it's the planet. <laughs> I don't um, have um I mean, we we did that uh that anime day uh where we watched oh, a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of anime and that was that literally was my first experience of Dragon Ball, period. Like any sort mm-hmm. of Dragon Ball related thing, except for like outside looking in kind of thing. Um, I mean, it, it, it piqued my interest and I really do want to. Um, it's such a, when I look at Dragon Ball as a whole, I'm like, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of lot. Is Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z as a continuation or is it brand new? Like what is what is can you explain like Dragon the Ball world Okay, so Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball oh, yeah. in a in a way in a nutshell.
0: So Dragon Ball Akira Toriyama created Dragon Ball and again it's a riff off Journey to the West, so the monkey king, a priest, a pig dude and um a priestess or something like that. A monk and a priestess. Go to the West to go, you know, that's just the journey. That's just the story. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z was kind of the same way where it's like, we're looking for these Dragon Balls. And so, Balma starts the adventure. She's the daughter of a genius dude, but she's also a genius in her own right. And she's looking for these Dragon Balls because they um, grant wishes. Um, find seven Dragon Balls, and they're scattered all around the planet. And then so, she runs across Goku, who has the four-star Dragon Ball. And... Um, he's this kid who's all by himself in the woods who has a tail. And it's like, why is that? So you immediately know that the show is, like, fantastical in some way. And um, the show, you know, continues where you meet Yamcha, then you meet uh, Oolong, they meet Poor. You meet all these characters. Like, one's a pig person. One's, like, a little furry cat rabbit thingy. Um, and uh, throughout, the, throughout the way, like, Goku, like, gets stronger, shows how strong he is. He's not, like, normal people. Um, and then he gets really obsessed with learning how to fight. Um, and so he ends up training with Master Roshi. He has like this dragon staff thing. And so all these elements come in, come to a head where uh, around the end of Dragon Ball Z, um, most, oh, dragon Ball, most of the arcs are tournament arcs. And tournament arcs is very specific with an anime where every episode is a fight with someone else. And half the episode is dedicated to let you understand where the opponent is coming from. So that you feel that there are emotional stakes at it. And so that became so popular. Uh, we had seen Goku go from like maybe 8 years old all the way up to like 18 years old in this time frame. Like years had passed. He had met so many people from different places. He had saved people from like fascism as well as um, arm- military takeovers. Um, and they had used the Dragon Balls. They had seen him like transform to a giant ape monster. And they all knew what the heck that was. He learned power moves. and stuff. Anyways, all this stuff happened. And then the show ended. It ended with uh, Piccolo being killed, and then him marrying Chi Chi. You're like, cool, it's over. And then Akira Toriyama was like, I think a lot of people like this stuff. We're gonna I bring think it back, not. and we're gonna just go ham. We're gonna go higher in, in intensity. And so they had Goku and Chi Chi have a son, Gohan. And then they were like, we're gonna intru- we're gonna talk about why Goku's the way he is. And the first arc in Dragon Ball Z is the Saiyan arc, and then they introduce Goku's brother. And you find out, and this is the American Very dub quickly. that I got, is that Goku was sent to the planet Earth as a Saiyan baby because the Saiyan race that he is I heard um, Saiyan are known baby. Yeah, they are, they are <laughs> known um, amongst the universe as the demolition race. They're the ones that go to planets, kill everyone there, and then sell the planet to the highest bidder. And so as a baby, Goku was sent to Earth to kill everyone. But he got dropped on his head um, and then his adoptive Jonathan Kent grandpa raised him as a good person. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's kind of uh, implied that he killed his grandpa when he turned into a great ape. Um, so, it, like, they, what they did for the American localization was they did a lot of supermanning to him. And so, Goku, to me, I was like, he was that, like, beacon of hope. But then, if you look at the real source material, he's much more just like a buffoon who likes to fight. Much like that Monkey King um, likes
2: to fight, likes to eat. Likes to fight, likes, likes to, to fight. eat.
0: Um, is like really like low class in terms of how he responds to royalty. Um, because it's like very natural. It's very… You know, he's just like a normal dude. He doesn't see rank. He doesn't see like, oh, this person's above me or this person's below me. He just sees, I want to get so- stronger and like… And I just want to fight anybody. Like whoever wants to fight, like I'm cool with it. Like but not kill. He's like, I just want to fight. Um, Yeah, so Dragon Ball Z is a lot uh, to it but… It's it's a very enjoyable thing. I would say with all anime that are long form, just like One Piece or Bleach or um, Naruto, it's much easier to get into when you're a kid because it's like learning a new language. You know, it's just like yeah, all right, easy. That's that's just the way it is. You like the rules aren't built in your brain already of what
1: shows should be like, so you just go with. For me, that was that was Kenshin. Kenshin's like so mm -hmm. short comparatively though. I know, no, I know, but that's the first one that got me into like watching anime daily, being like, I gotta get. And that's like I would almost call it like almost
0: like an advanced class because it's it's it it, it teeters onto the more teenager slash adult themes. Yeah, um, yeah. Then Dragon Ball Z is just like a power fantasy where like people just get strong and yell at each other.
2: Oh, that's great. I had to watch it with the volume on like one because we weren't allowed to watch that. So my sister and I would like crowd the couch and like turn on the TV. And as soon as we heard like footsteps in the other room, you had to like change the channel and then turn Nothing. the volume up to like three. And you're like. Nothing. <laughs> just watching PBS, guys. Yeah. Always Learning had a you know. Yeah. Um,
0: I will say also, the American dub treated me so well because the opening Rock the Dragon theme song is so metal and so gangster when you were a kid. <laughs> when you were a kid, this was like the shit. It was like, it was on par with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme. You know, just the like. The theme? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't have guitar thing, you know, you know like heavy guitar, electric guitar shit. In any of your kids' stuff, like Batman: The anime Series didn't have that. Beast Wars just said Beast War, you know, all the time. So you, you never got like. Da-na-na-na. I was like, oh my god, what is happening?
3: And it was it was, it's, it's just yeah, those about to rock. <laughs>
1: yeah, it yeah. just had so much kinetic energy. It was energy like that. Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles were like yeah. the the mm. coolest theme songs. Yeah, on the planet, and uh, I think the internet really did well to keep Dragon Ball Z
0: a staying power because mm-hmm. when YouTube started becoming a thing. There was a thing called AMVs,
1: anime oh music
0: videos, and by golly, I'll tell you, there were Tom more. Mom introduced me to these at the warehouse. There were more Dragon Ball Z animated music videos than Gangnam Style had views. I'm telling you, like there's so many, and there are there's, a ton. All, there's so many like,
1: that he was trying to find a specific one, and we watched three other ones before we got to the one he was looking for. And they're so good. Like there's they were one, all good, but he was like, "This isn't it, but this is good." Too. There's
0: one that's that's uh, Lingo Park's Paper Cut. Um, and it's to Trunks' future Trunks' origin, and he he has like the most tragic origin, and it's like it's done so well. Uh, And Josh Uh, is like Trunks. (laughs)
2: It's like let's not let's just leave that one. And also, so this is a fun (laughs) thing too. The androids.
0: All all the characters are named after funny things. So Goku's
2: face.
0: (laughs) Goku's real name is Kakarot. So carrot. Carrot. And Vegeta's name is Vegetable, and then. Goku's brother or Kakarot's brother his name is named Raditz. Like Radish. Radish. And then there's Nappa. Nappa. Gohan and then is rice. Yeah, and so and then the Frieza. Uh, so there's one named Frieza. His brother's name's Cooler, and his dad's name's King Cold. And so there's all these kind of things that are like, wow, they're just very simply named, and it, to me also reinforce like Piccolo. Like, Piccolo. Yeah. There, there, there are characters who like in in other anime who are like, I'm named Sa- Sky. I'm like. Your name's Sky. It's like, my name is Blue. I'm like, you're just Blue. Blue. (laughs) (laughs) Azure. And I was like, oh my god, okay. But, and so, like, those simplicity things. But, like, the cool thing that, like, Dragon Ball Z at least made me think about names in a different way. Where, like, one of my favorite things is Inception. Um, Mm -hmm. The wife's name is Mal. And in in the Latin term, Mal is bad. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it's that kind of, like, when she's there, something bad's gonna happen, you know what I'm saying? So. It's it's like, oh, it's that extra level of subtext that you can just add into your story levels of like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. If the character's la if the character's name's a vegetable, they're probably a Saiyan. Yeah. If the character's anything near cold shit, it's probably the freezer race. And so I was like, you know, you could do those kind of things and make those um connections and you know, flesh
1: Distinguing. Yeah. <laughs> <Distinguished>. yeah. <laughs> I heard it's
2: it. It's you know, arrow Like, Arwen. like uh,
1: almost like Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> penguin. penguin Penguin comes. Uh, who's next I'll do it go ahead uh, do it. I will start uh, with yeah I'll start with an older show first yeah Tom's already got it <laughs> Scrubs oh yeah uh, of course I think Scrubs is a especially season one especially season one but the whole series up until season uh, end at season eight there is a season nine but it was a whole thing where they wanted to make a spinoff show and then the Studio was like, no, you better make it still Scrubs. So they had to change the whole outline of like... Anyway, the ninth season was supposed to be a spinoff that took place at a uh, college for med students. And I, I think that's a great idea. However, what the studio said was, why don't you make it take place at the Scrubs hospital and all the characters from Scrubs are also there, except that all those actors' contracts ran up and they didn't resign. So they're there for like two episodes. It fell apart. Anyway... Eight great oh, so seasons. This is not why you want <laughs> to talk about this. I, it's, wow. a, it's a pet peeve I have. It's, it's one of the reasons if you'll hear me on here talk about how I don't like studios meddling with uh, visions of artists. Uh, so with that, though, the first season especially is this masterclass in balancing extremes. And I mean that in the best way possible. It is first and foremost a comedy and, a, and an absurdist comedy at that. Like, there is a lot of uh, cutaway gags and a lot of metaphorical gags, too. Like, when one of the characters gets bad news, uh, literally a delivery guy comes in. He goes, John Dorian, sign here. And he signs it, and then a ton of bricks falls on him. And that's how they, that's how they metaphorically tell you that this news has hit him. I was going to heart, say, right? like, wow. the, the
0: pilot is probably one of the strongest TV pilots I've seen. Because mm-hmm. it establishes exactly what the world you're, you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Which Sometimes they do that at the very
1: end, but at the, at the get, the show is like very good at like just bringing you in. Yeah, and it's one of the it's one of the few instances where narration doesn't totally bother me. No, uh, mm. as well they did it they did it really well, and they you know they're they're able to make fun of themselves for it in there as well. And um, I just think that the the highs of the absurdity absurdity, and then the the there's just so many gut punches in this show of really really good writing. Like very thought out, planned writing, and a lot of uh, medical professionals have said this is the show that shows the truest behind the scenes of what it's like to be a doctor have that you they've ever seen. Because they you seen, they made that really. Uh, Bill Lawrence, who's the creator of the show, it was very important to him to pay respect to the people that they were creating a show about. So yeah. he based his two main characters off real doctors. Oh. <laughs> have you, have you seen that there. YouTube series? What? Or, uh I forget the. the
0: there's the doc- so many of them. Tell I know. Me. There's there's a lot of the doctor guy, but the one I look at, he's like just that that's you know that stupidly good looking doctor dude who just watches it, and he always talks about oh, Scrubs, yeah. and he's just like, no, this is what it's kind of like. Obviously, they're coping with the harshness of the reality in comedy, right. but this is it. You know, every episode when you have to, you know, you as a as a as a healthcare professional. You want
1: to be there for your patients. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell them, like, these are their
0: last moments and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and they juggle this really great line of, like, they deal with not only the relationship between people who work at a hospital, but, like, how do you, how do doctors deal with the guilt of those kind of things? Or how do doctors, you know, or try to, to blur the lines to get people the help they need? And they go into that as well of, like, you know, keeping someone on insurance even though it's the dad who who needs the medication and prescribing her the medication so that the dad who's not qualified gets it. And it's, it's, oh. it's just a really wonderfully acted show as well. I think everyone, has, especially I want to give a shout out to John C. McGinley, who plays Dr. Cox. Mm. I think he's one of the strongest characters on that show as well as, I mean, the janitors, probably the most interesting oh, yeah. character of all of them. Mm. Um, Dr. Yanni hey. Tor. Uh, but yeah, I think what they captured with that show is kind of like a little bit of, uh, lightning in a bottle and it does get more absurd as the season goes on. And that's why I specifically say season one is, is probably some of the greatest TV I've ever watched, but I love all, I do. I do love all of it. Do you, do you listen to their show? I do. Yeah. They actually, uh, the
0: the show's called fake doctors, real friends.
1: Yeah. And they actually just did a wonderful episode. So with everything that's going on with, um, you know, social media and how just, uh, society as a whole is trying to better themselves and move forward, Uh, they actually pulled... Bill Lawrence, the creator of the show, decided to pull three episodes in which there was blackface in it where JD was imagining himself as Turk or something like Mm. that. Um, And they had a really wonderful episode where they had Bill Lawrence on the podcast Mm. to talk about that. And it's a really, really great conversation. I'd highly recommend it to anyone Mm. who's interested in that kind of thing. Of his decision not only to... Pull the episodes and have them re-edited and, and put back up, missing those scenes. Uh, but also just you know, not that this is an excuse, but just telling like his story of where they were at at the time, writing those kind of jokes and all that kind of stuff. My cat's yelling at me right now. <laughs> uh, but it's it's it's. I would highly recommend anyone listen to that that episode because it's it's a really great podcast. But that one especially has some real nuggets in it. But yeah, it's a great show. I, it's uh, Tom. No, there was a reason Tom. Was doing this motion, this scrubbing motion before I even talking. I, I talk about it all the time. I really it, do.
2: Honestly, when I I haven't even seen a whole lot of scrubs, but when I think of that show, I think of like
1: Corey. Corey's personality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. No, I mean yeah. I really. Do. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my um, god. <laughs> well, um,
0: what I was gonna say was um, the cool thing about the show is that you know with everything going on, you know it's not gonna get canceled. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah. so, I mean, that's like, in, in, there, there's so many medical shows right now, and that's something where, in like House, Grey's Anatomy, stuff like that, where drama will happen because of the situation of it is, or where it is, you know, healthcare professionals and stuff like that. So, like, um, it's not really hard to find the story within it. Um, right. So, they don't have to over dramatize things. They can just kind of be, you know, they can have fun with the show. And then they're like, let's throw in a little bit of what the realistic
1: and I believe a lot of the cases on the show throughout the entire series are taken from interviews with doctors, and, and they're not wow. lupus they're not lupus, uh but a lot of them are based obviously they they write around the base let's based on a true story essentially mm-hmm. uh, of all these cases, and they write around it to fit the the message of the show, but they're all based in in real like a lot of those really hard moments are ones that they wanted to pay respect to doctors who had told those stories before um, wow. so I think it, it's a really cool cool show uh, if you haven't checked it out it's on Hulu right now um, I, would, I would highly recommend it and listen to that episode of the podcast it's very good <laughs> uh, Josh Kalen. Josh
3: um, okay <laughs> um, it was this this episode it, it R us episodes are kind of like a we they're they're very loose, but this one was very hard because I realized that I've seen a lot of movies and I've watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of TV shows that I'm like, ooh, that, ooh, that. So <laughs> I had to narrow my my TV shows down to like right off the get-go of ones that I know, like I've watched multiple times, um, all the way through multiple times and the first one that I'll talk about is Battlestar Galactica.
0: Um, mm, before you get into that, beats. sweet baby Josh, Battlestar yes.
3: Galactica. I'm going to
0: ask that in our Nerd on Bingo that we put in, anytime Josh
1: says, this was hard.
0: Because <laughs> I feel like That's for true. someone it's like you, It's a pretty you, common theme, I who, feel. The I is could is also do
1: that for you, Tom but for a different whole different reason. Oh
0: yeah. Um but when <laughs> yeah, jo- right. but like Josh, y- you like a lot of things. So I know that like picking something finite for you and saying making a statement that this one bubbles above the rest is like probably your biggest existential crisis you go throughout the week. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm proud well, I mean, of it's you. Like, I'm already holding my, out for TV shows. One that are my, as part One two. of my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite things in our episodes is when we have to pick like two characters, and Josh just like lists all those, like, the like well, I like this guy, and I did like this guy, but my two are. <laughs> uh yeah, you know but not not, not just cuz you're like I can see you having to like compartmentalize could you, could you imagine and reason the, with yourself could you imagine you the academy, academy awards okay. were like that you know it's hey okay. La, La land was good they did do a really good job and, but Josh, you know i Josh, just okay. and then it's okay spot, <laughs> yeah, it's, spotlight like was really it's like good. you're just you're you're having to like talk yourself down you're like but i love all these guys and you're like but it's fine but i love them but no it's okay you're not I'll saying that two. you hate them, Josh.
3: It's going to be okay. It's okay. I, I so. want that
1: would be my dream You're
3: for you. You're not
2: invalidating any other <laughs> option that's I, on the board. It's I, just those are yeah. just the ones that for you personally <laughs> are pick. your favorites. It's okay. I want him
0: to announce the best actress at an Academy Awards to be like but I really like Emma Stone. Oh, but all we, I think she everybody did really, well. did a really but great But no, no <laughs> it goes to Meryl Streep no matter what. It goes to Meryl. But
3: you so don't Meryl Battlestar Galactica is the first show that I can think of that it was I was in it. Like I the remake, right? You were in it? I was in <gasps> Battlestar Galactica. People wow. don't really know that. The 2004 I'm the 2000 No, um Galactica, no, the, the rebootish thing that was made between 2004 and 2009. The, um the almost version. The yes, the Edward James Almost um version. Um it just for me it, it, if I were to admit it, it's not like it's it's not like life changing or anything like that. It's not like the best show ever made. It was just something that I loved every minute of it. Some people would argue that it is the best show ever. Oh no, I know, but there were some there were some scenes that it was it was like a soap opera in space. Mm-hmm. Like Which there were some great. things that were just so dramatic.
1: That's Star it, it is Wars. a space
3: opera, but there were so many scenes that were just like, ah, uh, it's so dramatic. But I loved it. I just, uh, it, oh, that Portlandia joke where they yeah. say, just one more one more episode. Oh, yeah. It was totally like that.
1: I, I remember one of my first I watched roommates. that last night. <laughs> <laughs> that episode of Portlandia where they they quit their jobs to watch the show, yeah, and then they they find a writer to write a new episode and invite the entire cast over to read it, but it's yeah. not the same writer as the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> one of my oh, first fantastic. roommates, we did that. We were just like, oh, just just one more episode, and then it's three a.m. and we're like, well, yeah, okay. I mean, there's a I'm... reason why it's going to be rumored to have another remake. Yeah.
1: So I uh, I started The Boys the other night and that happened oh. to me. I was like... Because I'd watched the first episode only. I was like, well, oh. Oh.
2: I'll watch the
1: second episode and then four episodes later it was 4 a.m. And I was like...
0: Oops. And season two looked <laughs> oh great.
1: All right. Um, the, uh, but no, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, it's
0: it's permeated through a lot of media. You know, you don't get Bear beats Battlestar Galactica
3: without, you know... How, yeah. Yeah. How, how popular Star Galactica.
0: The, yeah, um, without the show. How popular the show became.
3: And that's... A, I mean, it had a lot to it too. I mean, it, it's... It's something to be said that it, it covered a lot of ground in terms of like race and sexuality and religion and government to have the United Nations Space. have a symposium devoted about it to talk about the themes and how it's related to modern day. I mean I, I mean also how
0: it ends. Yeah, is very it's, like wow.
3: And the the other thing too, I mean spoiler alert, I apologize, but it <gasps> takes it's takes place in the past, past, not the future, <gasps> and I just think that that is what? so cool. Like it's like we're
0: all Cylons. This has happened what? before. It will happen
3: again. Um, but the the other big part about this show is that it was such a community thing for me because mm-hmm. it was like okay, so I watched it uh, with my roommate, and uh, we watched the whole shout thing. out. And then when Bonnie and I started dating, we watched it together again. Shout and out. then my buddy Dusty. We have a weekly um, thing where we'd get together, we'd grill and we watch a few episodes of Battlestar Galactica. And it's just, I just loved the show. And I mean, you have like Bear McCreary who does the 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 soundtrack and now he's doing everything. He did Godzilla. Um, Yeah, he did uh, Walking Dead. He's, Mm. if you look at his his credits, he's just doing everything now. He's the composer (laughs) for everything. so yeah, there might, just,
0: there might be more Battlestar Galactica podcasts than there
3: are nerd podcasts. <laughs> Whoa. Probably. 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 um possible. But it, it's, you know, it's just a show that anytime I see the actors on something else, I'm like, yeah, Katie Sackhoff. She's doing things. She's doing I got doing Corey things. to fall in
1: love with that girl. <laughs> Very specifically on the Kevin Smith podcast episode, though. But it was the Mark Bernard. Oh, that's true. Episode. Yeah. It was Black
0: Man on Battle or Black Man Beyond. Because Mark Bernardin is one of the people that has a Battlescar uh, Galactica podcast.
1: Mark <laughs> Bernardin is so smart. He is. And he he has it with Trisha Helfer. And he wrote a Nightcrawler. I mean, like, come on. What <laughs> more do you want about this guy? But what more no, do you yeah. want?
0: Um, a lot of what I kind of uh take I think from what I think the community and the world because Battlestar Galactica was a little bit before my time before I got into real serial shows mm-hmm. um especially live action because you know as a kid you grow into cartoons and then the live action stuff happens um so like the impact that I I recognize have been a lot from the internet and a lot of people who you know are like you Josh 50 or or older yeah. um you yeah. know really talk about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica so like <laughs> yeah. I, wow. so, I look good how, for like, 50 I'm just gonna say I mean, <laughs> you, look good. you look good for 80. I'm just... <laughs> um, but no, Ooh. so, like, it, it's not it's not lost upon someone that has never watched Battlestar Galactica. And especially, I've never watched the super original. So, I'm like, the fact that the version you're talking about still is referenced today and a lot of people are talking about. And even with the reboot on Rumor, like, all the cast is just like, don't do what we did. Yeah, do something different. Because well, I mean, even the, the, the
3: creator of the the person that's behind the new reboot is saying, "I don't want to touch what Ron Moore did. It, that was perfect." And so, and so, yeah, it's I'm excited like about they should that. Talk to, to Disney. It's the same <laughs>
1: way. I mean, they they did uh, Watchmen, where it's like, I don't want to touch anything. <gasps> I'm not going to do anything that's going to change the original. Or yeah, you know what I mean. I'm going to build mean, off of it. And, and
0: you know, even though shows like Watchmen, Battlestar Galactica, like, they, they live in time and in, and, and in great, you know, company. And it's not without the showrunners, like, who had to mm-hmm. muscle and fight their way tooth and nail through the studio oh, executives yeah. to be like, we're going to talk about these things and these things. And we're going to take these risks. And the audience is going to thank us for it later. And so.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, I've got to watch it. Battlestar Galactica.
2: I know so. about it. But that's I've about seen Starship it goes
0: Troopers.
1: It's on Netflix. Does that count?
3: <laughs> I uh, I would like to formally request that we do a Battlestar Galactica episode. Oh shit. Someday. Here's don't my,
0: do here's, it
1: on my air. Terms. here's my terms. We have to do a Starship episode then. Starship oh. Troopers? Starship Troopers. Yeah. My I'm request. So down. I've never
2: seen either of these. <laughs> I'm doing my part. is is
1: <laughs> yeah. is, 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 is uh, Hot Rod then.
2: Yeah, no, that's a hard pass for me.
1: No, that's no. not even. I have a feeling that Caitlin's gonna have space. a migraine that day.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be out. I'll have. No,
1: she's gonna do the Josh thing. i issues. Uh, deal with family, family fa- issues. Uh, we need you to come balance the episode. There was a
3: sewage spill on my in my <laughs> neighborhood. There was a sewage spill
2: out of my laptop. I've got a deal con, with thing. We'll, everywhere. We'll have
1: Mikey on for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Kaylin, Kaylin, tell us about your show.
2: So since we're we're kind of going with. The I feel like the nostalgia show first, um, Jackie Chan Adventures.
0: Mm. The, nice. the remake?
2: I'm kidding. No, all, uh. right. all right, just poke at the old. The but wound. by by the time this uh, recording,
0: everyone, we did a update episode, and Caitlin was like, "Oh my god, there's a new show," and it was like three years old,
2: and the no, show like don't. flopped. Uh. It was news to me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I grew up watching. A lot of it was really hard for me to choose between Jackie Chan Adventures and Sailor Moon because they both had mm. kind of a, a similar impact on me. But uh, Jackie Chan okay. Adventures is the one that I cried when I missed an episode. Mm. Like My I remember Z. having full like tantrum meltdown that I was gonna miss. It was you like a pivotal J. episode. It was gonna like ruin. And back all the then, stuff. if you missed it an was, like, episode. Season. You missed
3: huh? it, back well, then if yeah. you missed an if episode. You miss, well you missed an when, episode.
2: That like, was it. Caitlin and
0: I were closer in age. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Corey, Kaylin, and I. Um, Josh is like twenty years old. Anyways, but um, <laughs> when Jackie Chan Adventures was first coming out, it was like every Saturday, and mm-hmm. so like you had to wait a whole like block in order for it to show reruns again. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I just missed the episode. They got the talisman. I didn't. I don't know what talisman they
2: got. Yep. I don't even know what the good guys got at this time. It and it it just had like okay, so I come from white bread, Southern Indiana. There was mm-hmm. not like the only other like kind of that. cultural things that were around was like, there was a Mexican restaurant nice. and there was a Chinese restaurant. Nice. And like, we knew Panda about like taco. the Zodiacs at, and what?
0: Panda and Taco Bell. Nice.
2: Yeah. No, we <laughs> didn't even have a Panda. We had McDonald's. Uh, so when we got Starbucks, it was like a huge deal. Um, but so like I knew about the Zodiacs because of this, Chinese restaurant, and that was the only reason I knew about it because they had these little placemats. So then, when there was a show about something that I had like just kind of, sort of recently learned about, I was like, I know what those are. I'm the smart one. They, like, that I'm the <laughs> you, And then, like, I was also like watching Sailor Moon at the same time, and you had like this little powerful, you know, your Polly Pocket thing, <laughs> or your yeah, your like Poly Pocket thing that gives you special superpowers. Mm-hmm. And then in like Jackie Chan, oh. they had. Multi- they had all the 12 talismans and then there was like a dragon sorcerer shendu and then there was like the evil businessman valmont, valmont. and then you the know hand. and then there was jade who is like the self insert for me because she's like i could be an adult i could fight all the monsters and the shadow con ninjas i could do whatever i want and then so she gets like checked in like kid? every turn uh but also becomes like you know uh the shadow con queen for like a hot minute and that was the coolest thing ever to see as a kid um and they just had so many amazing things in this show. I, there was like I know, Viper, who's like a Kyle. Insert.
0: You're not going to sleep <laughs> and, on
2: an uncle. Oh, an uncle! You and are Wi-Fi out. Oh
1: my god! And, the the and then the, just getting to see Jackie at the end of every, every episode. Yeah,
2: and he'd come in with like the little. It was like almost like a like a little bit of Jerry PBS yes. where you get a little like. The throw more your you trash know. away. Drink your milk. To well, make sure that you it, exercise and have some spinach sometimes. Like, like It was
0: really encouraging at the end, too. What's your favorite color? How'd you learn how to speak English? Why do you think yeah. uh, martial arts is really important?
2: Yeah, so it, it was kind of like, it was all of the 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 fun of Dragon Ball Z. It was all the magic of, like, Sailor Moon. And the wholesomeness and of PBS. And the wholesomeness of PBS all wrapped into one, and there was fighting. Like, martial arts galore. Just, it was like, I feel like if I watched it now, it may not hold up as well. But the no, nostalgia glasses Jaggi, might Jaggi, be Jaggi strong Jaggy Chan's enough. got staying
0: power. Jaggy Chan, Chan always okay. Jaggy yeah, is like a true. genre in himself. He really <laughs> <Yeah>. is. You, <laughs> hear, you hear him say, oh, or and then you see him go, I want no trouble. And then, uncle. And then you're like, that's it. That's a Jackie Chan and, movie. I'm, and I'm really I'm out.
2: like that was pretty much like Jackie Chan in the show. That was him all the time. He's like, I really don't want to fight anybody ever. Please, just let me work at this antique shop and let me live my life. Yeah, <laughs> there was. <laughs> that's all I
1: want. <laughs> there was a movie. Hmm. Maybe I'm getting this fun fact wrong. Where Jackie, I think Jackie Chan was supposed to be cast as the villain. The studio wanted him as a villain, and he said he didn't want to do it no. because he, had to know he know what going on. on? He didn't want to be a bad guy. Good. Um, he's been bad guys before, I think, in older Chinese films. I yeah, think. but this is America. It's an American film. Oh. I want to say it was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll remember it eventually. Oh, uh,
0: in his older age, I'd want to as, as Shang Tsung for Mortal Kombat. That'd be dope. That wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad oh, with that. Oh, shit. Everyone stopped and made
2: a face. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, I would, Chan? yeah,
2: I would, I would 100% watch that. But yeah, like, I don't know. Everything about that show was—it had magic. It had like moral lessons. It had the normal like, you well, know, I, the, this show has this episode teaches you a lesson about ABC, and then at the end, Jackie Chan comes in and is like, "It's good to be a good person." Like his little Mister Rogers exit <laughs> as
1: well. They, they so also, it's just like, ah, oh, also so had perfect. The Demolition the, Man. Oh,
0: the original he's supposed to be Man? the villain and Demo- wow. Demolition Man. Wesley well, Snipes though. Yeah. Um, but um, in and also in Jackie Chan Adventures, they had um, their, you know, Agents of Shield kind of thing with the Nick Fury wannabe, you know, um, the the white dude who's bald and he's got his like oh, long trench coat, the
2: the the underground yeah. thing,
0: because yeah. also oh, Jackie man. Chan was like associated with them in his past life,
2: and, and then uh, and then there was like El Toro, El Toro Flick Paco, and, and then and, you so had, had like wrestlers, you got a heat beam well. eye blast guy.
0: Who always like attack who always like used his moves and and oh god. Who always used like his who always said his huh. attacks and stuff like that. I'm sorry. Um but then also you had like okay, I'll also say this. Um I was been recently talking to my friends, like when's the what's the next tattoo I want to get? It's probably gonna be a Shadow Con.
2: <gasps>
0: and I was thinking I was like, Oh, those are pretty fucking gangster. Yeah, and they like, are. I don't want that, but I'm afraid like I might get possessed. And you, but like, it's all fine. I don't care about that stuff.
2: You should, you should get that like the thing, the tattoo that Jade like water brushes onto her ankle oh, becomes the, the, the Shadow actual
0: Con the main Shadow Con guy. Um, I don't, I so there were other vr, other cool. Shadow Con <laughs> dudes, other, and I was like, I'd probably go with that one because I'm like, that's like the main one. I want to be a little off brand, but no, I, I I remember going to a Chinese restaurant and then seeing like a giant gold statue thing. I was like, is that like a Shen Du? Is that Shenmue? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, is he here? <gasps> but like, like the cool thing was that like in each episode too, like it was part of the WB Kids morning lineup for me, um, mm-hmm. and then I'd watch like Pokemon and I'd watch like Yu-Gi-Oh. And the thing is, like at the end of the episode, the heroes always won. And then in Jackie Chan Adventures, they were the the way the show was it was the it was the getcha. It was a I'm gonna go get this thing. So they were trying to get all the talismans, get all the um, demon boxes, get all of the Shadow Con sealed away. And sometimes they'd lose. And Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't get resolved until the end of the season. And you're like, are they going to win? Because they only have like four out of all the talismans. And it's like, now they have eight. They lost all of the talismans. And it's like. And
2: and the bad guys weren't necessarily like. uh, I remember very vividly there was a scene with Valmont, like when things weren't going well with Shen Du. And. There was actually a time where he was like kind of rooting for Jackie because it like benefits the whole of humanity for Jackie to win. But he's like got that old like we're supposed to be still fighting. And Jade's like gives them the look and he's like, Go, Jackie. <laughs> like oh, yeah. so where it was like the even the bad guys end up not being wholly bad or wholly good. Like they they're out for their own interest and everything. But then like when the tides turn, they turn with them. They're not just like one static thing all the time forever.
0: Oh, like the I the the guy who the Asian guy from uh, Chan Adventures is Clancy Brown, yeah. And Hawk Fu is John DiMaggio. Oh my God, yeah. there's so many amazing yeah. people. And so and then, there's okay. a lot
2: of
1: awesome people. For those you don't know, Clancy is a lot of things, but he's Mr. Krabs. He's it's also Lex like Luthor.
0: Yes. Um, and um, one one villain I really liked was Dao Lan Wang, who is like the evil wizard opposite of um, Uncle, voiced by James Hong. And so, like, it's pretty oh. great to have him, and then just have him go God run and then like all these like the guys come in. It's like ah, oh. they they're, they did really well for like antagonists. Anyways,
2: um, I also want to say that uh, James C,
0: yeah, who for Chow. who is the
2: voice of uh, what? Sorry,
0: Chow. Oh, is that, that how you say it? I don't know.
2: No, the, no, no, the he not was, C, uh, but voicing the, he, Jackie. He, oh yeah. He, he yeah. was also uh, he voiced many many characters in the show. Um, but he's also Cabbage Man in an, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh uh, <laughs> my cabbages! <laughs>
0: uh, any other parts you want to mention before we switch? Uh, we go to the next. I, round? I
2: feel like I could goosh about that show forever. So uh, we'll we'll uh, leave it there because I'm 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 gonna go real hard on my did, second pick. I didn't know
1: Jackie actually did the the voice. Voice. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, mm, no, it did, was uh, James.
1: Oh.
0: Because he was this himself, wrong,
2: like at the end, Jackie would come in to like give the the moral lesson. Got it. But James, uh, C- I'm, I know I'm saying it wrong, but C A C. It's for Jackie. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it.
0: Um. So then I'll. He's on
1: Wikipedia. That's sad.
0: Oh. Um. He's on. If you look up Google, Jackie Chan Adventure Cast, he's up there. If so, I'll go next. Of um, I'll I'll restart the round. So round two, second show. And so the, and when Kaylin's like, oh, we're not doing the nostalgia stuff like this, is huge nostalgia for me. Um, this show, um, the generation before me had Saved by the Bell. And I think the generation... Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, the generation after me, I think would have had... Ooh. Drake and Josh, maybe? I don't know. But um, Boy Meets World is mm. my second pick. Um mm-hmm. of TV shows because um watched it part of normal Buena Vista ABC programming. I was and wrong, by the way. You were wrong what?
1: I was, I thought you were gonna say Degrassi.
0: Oh no. No, no. I love Degrassi.
1: I know you do. That's why I was gonna I say love you're Degrassi. like the soaps, these kid, the daytime soaps, and I was like, And Degrassi. I fell in love with every single
0: female actress on the show. Not their characters, because some of the characters are pieces of shits. Anyways, boy meets world. Boy Meets though. World.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um that so that was like the first time i felt like there was a show kind of for me as a kid not like here's a show about you growing up but just like a show of what it's like to be a kid growing up um i, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense because it does that's what um the showrunner michael jacobs set out to do um was to make that show and he Seriously, got Ben Savage in mind to make it, and literally when they sent out the scripts to audition everybody, um, it was uh, the Untitled Ben Savage Project. Oh wow! Um, so like, and only Ben Savage became really popular because his brother Fred Savage. And uh, oh, having, he was in Little Monsters. Exactly, he was in he was in that, and Fred Savage yeah, played brought his him own on brother. To, yeah. Um, so yeah, the show. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a little. This sounds weird, of the little productiony of it, but it's like. Um, April Kelly was also the second uh, creator of it Ben Savage William Daniels Betsy Randall Wilfred L. Ryder Strong uh, Lily Nixay uh, William Russ Daniel Fishel all these people like Daniel Fishel she was um, the queen Topanga she she was the first I don't know
1: how many times I was asked growing up how's how's Topanga (laughs) I mean it was funny at first and then 10 years later, it wasn't as funny anymore. Or How's Your Cousin Austin was the other one I got. Um, mm. I Look feel it. like
0: if someone were to think that I was dating Topanga, I'd be happy with it. Secondly... Mm. You would think, <laughs> but it gets old. <laughs> S- secondly, I was always asked, like, oh, where's your power morpher? And I was like, mm, that's pretty cool, too. So, um, but, uh, you at your
1: mom's house. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, at seven seasons, 158 episodes um and uh it 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 grew up with me like that's what it felt like it grew up with me i got to see how kids went from middle school to high school to college to um getting married and having a kid and um that had been so impactful on my life for probably bad reasons because it made me think that this was what like how ideal relationships are supposed to be like and i remember i've rewatched it so many times and i was i always get surprised I'm like disney Damn, plus life
1: what so that Disney Plus life, oh, yeah. we've been rewatching <clears throat> it too. I have. I own it. I own the physical copy. Wow! So that's all I was you like nerd.
0: Um, Well, I mean, and that's the thing where like there, I I dated a girl and we rewatched the whole series, and then it made me be like, wow, they broke up so many times, Corey and Topanga, and like <laughs> I I really liked that because it was a whole like yeah we've known each other for all our lives, um, we were always meant to be, but it doesn't mean it doesn't come without its struggles. It doesn't come without its like prices and. Um, development that they have to do uh, away from each other. Um, and, um, you know, preparing for this episode, I watched a bunch of interviews and behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's crazy to think, like, how uh, Ryder Strong, who plays Sean, and Will Friedell, who plays Eric, were actually not the people that shot the pilot. Um, they were, like, Will Friedell was, like, not the brother that they picked. Really? Um, and the only reason why that he was he was the brother is because he was taller than Ben Savage. The brother they had picked was the same height, and they're oh. like, "We can't have you be the older brother if you're the same height." Um, and so Eric uh, or Wilfredo <sighs> got the part. And then Ryder Strong, he was the he was a part of a rotating circle of kids who would always be Corey's best friend. And there is a plot uh, hole where uh, Corey does something to his hair, and then Sean calls his sister Stacy, who he who in canon doesn't exist. Yeah, um, because they what they would do they would they would have the 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 cafeteria, and then they would have this chair, and whoever sat in that chair would get fired the next week. And so one kid got fired halfway through the week, and then they just gave all the lines to Sean, and then Sean became Sean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so like Whoa. he became like the, the 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 series regular. So it was really crazy. And so um, Ben Sa- Ben Savage and Michael Jacobs really kind of came up with the story together, and that was a kind of like crazy thing about Hollywood at the time, like child actors were like fucking golden hens like the, you just made franchises for these kids and it's wow. why macaulay culkin looks the way he is and mm-hmm. Haley Joel osmond looks the way i know. Um, but, um, was like wow. ben savage turned out all right yeah, yeah. um and uh but and uh so he the, those two kind of really kind of came up with the show of like i want to do a show where it's the kids' perspective, not the family perspective.
1: And it doesn't talk down to the audience at all, which yeah, is really um, refreshing.
0: And they, they they definitely had a lot of, um, okay, we have to pull back a little bit because by the time they got to high school, they introduced Mr. Turner and other teachers, and they were like, this is not becoming about the kids anymore. This is becoming about the school. And so they you know wrote characters out, but Michael Jacobs literally had to take a lot of risks, um, and it was only due in part because when the show first came out, it wasn't popular. Family Matters, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch killed mm-hmm. it. they were killing mm-hmm. no one was watching World. and so they were kind of allowed to do episodes mm-hmm. where Sean was a girl for a day or Sean went to a cult and so like Sean writer Strong says so like I think all the bad stuff happened to me <laughs> he's <laughs> like I just became the character
1: that like all the bad stuff can happen to like I'm the teen at yeah. risk well like, I mean they dealt with a lot of cool like cool stuff adult themed stuff in a way that yeah. kids could digest so like you know, there's an episode where um, Corey's dad, he gets upset about Corey's dad because he has to work and he can't go on this vacation. Or is it a ball game that they all ball promise game. to go on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, And so he like almost loses his job. And then Corey feels the guilt about asking his dad to go ask his boss for this thing. And it's it's a really smart show on teaching kids lessons about adulthood in a way that, isn't a isn't talking down to them, but also is is talking to them in a way that they'll understand. Yeah, and which I think is a wonderful balance. We got Feeny, baby.
0: Yeah, it had the mm. parental units be like, Feeny. are we are we doing good by our kids too? And so mm-hmm. like it showed that two kids that parents do worry not for like oh, are they doing something stupid, but like are they going to be an okay person when they grow up? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many chock full of things like. Wilfordell, you know, plays with squirrels, um, you know, lose mm. your lose your friends, lose yourself, lose everything. Um, and there's a part where he does a reference to trading trading places where he licks the lollipop onto uh, to Dan Aykroyd. And then they do the meta episode where like they're on set for um uh man guy meets the universe. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it's it's the exact same cast, and they all act like terrible to each other. Um and then there's the scream episode with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um mm-hmm. and oh the uh, Halloween
1: one that's the Halloween one good yeah. at, the, and at the school that is apparently the, the fan favorite like everyone's yeah. like that's well the they also one reference South Park in it though. oh my God they killed Kenny yeah uh, Um they like, killed
0: Kenny and then like Jennifer, but Jennifer Love Hewitt comes in there and also like introduction of like the you know extra cast of um Angela Rachel and Jack um I is thought that was the, great
1: is that the episode where Eric makes his turn essentially um we mean becoming from being guy? the like confident no uh, it happened way before this women dating kind of like brother Once and then he, he got, just becomes an idiot <laughs> once
0: he got one, I mean once in so the way. the way that the show phased out was like they were, they were in junior high and then they went to high school and there was a set but once they got to the senior side of the high school then the set changed and they only had this one hallway not the hallway that led to the bathroom but the hallway that led to the classroom um, and that's when Eric just became like the goof and yeah. apparently like one of their favorite moments on the show is that, like, apparently they were just kids. You know, they are just kids. And Michael Jacobs, the show owner, was like, either you guys have to stop laughing or we can't shoot this thing. Because um, they would whoa. just laugh. They the would just giggle. The they would just giggle all the time. And there was apparently a bit where Eric couldn't get out of the couch because, like, you know, they dealt with, you know, getting older and then holding on more weight. And he couldn't get out of the couch. And so him and Daniel Fisher, Fishel, um, were just like laughing, and they they just cut it. They couldn't even shoot the thing because they're. Whoa. And that was one of my favorite episodes too. was, was the pango was starting to gain weight, and she hated it. And then like she was trying to put on pants. She's like, I can't fit in my pants. And then Corey's like, Those are my pants. And then she got even more oh. fed up. Like it's it's those things which is I was like, man, like the things that I, I will never get away. Like. Corey running out after Topanga to Disney to Disney World to like try to tell her like he, you know, he wants you know, like he's sorry he wants her back and stuff like that. Like those grand gestures of things, like Jack and Sean having to deal with the fact that like their father died, and then Sean leaving and then coming back and then he's all like scruffed up, but everyone still fucking loved him. Um, like I I I there's so much and, and you know, Feeney, you know, uh uh mm. William Daniels, like he he was great. I mean, you can't say anything wrong with him, and he I is think great. There is something to say that him and then the the woman that he falls in love with in the show are actually they're actually married in real life and they've been married for mm. since like 1950. one no, no like, word. They've been plastics. Yeah, they've been married for such a long time, and then it's like every time they go to press junkets and comic cons and stuff like that, they're always together.
2: Mm, um, that's so sweet. Yeah.
0: So, uh, *Boy a World*. Like, yeah, it taught it, it for, for me. It was like the rubric to growing up for me. And so, mm. Yeah. I uh, I put it in that
1: place so that's my number two and the it's rest a good of one is- i will say one of my favorite lines in the show is i mean any of the speeches Feeney gives is really? I, my oh. my true favorite but the one that stuck with me for so long is the what are you gonna do i'm gonna take the money to the bank deposit it come right back and then he says that over eric says this over and over again on his walk and it cuts to him walking in the bank and he goes take my mommy to see frank in <laughs> my closet take a nap where am i <laughs> it's, just, it's wonderful. It's oh. just, it is a great episode. That's when he meets Eric the Monkey. And yeah. he gives oh. the money to Eric the Monkey to bring his girlfriend over. I was
2: like really prepared to hear some really heartfelt life lesson. Oh, oh take a I, was
0: say, bank, I was gonna say, it, you, you, my wanna, you wanna hear take one my more to see
1: Frank in the e- closet. Take a nap.
0: Here's a, a sad, sad fact that Ben Savage had said his, one of his favorite lasting memories is the last episode and the last scene. So all the students come back to the high school classroom. Yeah. And then they all say – because they're all going away to different places. So Corey and Topanga are moving to New York and, you know, someone's joined the Peace Corps and all this other stuff. And um, the original cast go back to the classroom um, and then Mr. Feeney's there. And this is the last goodbye. And Ben Savage, the actor, said, like, okay, cool. We're going to do this scene at least one or two times. So at least I won't be able to say goodbye, goodbye immediately. And they did one take. It was really emotional. And then he had and I was like cool, we're gonna reset soon. And then uh, Michael Jacobs said, Okay, cool, we got it, we're done. And he said, No, wait, no, no, I just I just need one more take. I need one more take. He's like, No, we got it. And he said That's that, it? and then he, Ben Savage said, like, that felt like this was the end of my childhood. That oh. moment was the end. The and, end. no, no um, more takes. The coming, the coming seasons, Michael Jacobs always said, like, this is a great show. This is something special, but this will end. And he had always constantly reminded them as they shot, like this is going to end. This is going to end. And it's like, wow. yeah, like oh.
1: your heart. It's it's, <laughs> uh, it's such a good show. It's yeah. Great. So um, for me, my second is another one of my favorite shows. Can Tom guess it again? Um. Yes, you can. It's very easy, actually. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, um, The Last Dance. Oh, Always Sunny. Always Sunny. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Uh, shout out real quick, longest running live action comedy in history, in TV history as of this year, going on to its 15th season, Uh, which is really inspiring to me because not only have the seasons gotten better as they gone on, which is not usually what happens, but they started as, if you ever watch the pilot, there's a, there's a documentary called the $200 pirate 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 Two hundred dollar pirate. That's how much it cost me to pirate. That. <laughs> we are on to oh. something. <laughs> Two hundred dollar pilot because that's what they made their pilot for. They used a camera that Rob McElhenney had, and they decided to make this show because he and Glenn Howerton weren't getting job acting jobs. They were wow. auditioning, 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 but they weren't. They were coming close, but weren't getting it. So they wrote this show. It was originally called It's Always Sunny in Los Angeles. And it was going to be about actors because they wanted a job that gave them the freedom to kind of go on any adventures they wanted. And they would just be like out of work actors. And he's like, I wanted to write a show about originally three uh, or sorry, four of the worst people you've ever met. Most self-centered, kind of like, how are they still friends? But somehow it always they always are there for each together. other at the very end or something. Um, and he's like, and it was just, if you can watch it's, it's the, it's one of the first episodes in their real season, but the pilot is just what they did at the time and how they were able to sell it. Like Rob went on to pitch it himself without any experience Yeah, and went from network to network and network and everyone wanted to change something. And he kept saying like, no, I don't want to change that. And then he finally brought it to FX and they were like, yeah, let's make that. Uh, The only thing is, the only thing we want you to change is, uh, you know, put it in Philadelphia. There's too many Los Angeles shows. Put it somewhere else. They decided Philadelphia. And instead of being actors, they would run a bar. They would own a bar, which gives them more freedom to do whatever. whatever. Dumb shit. Uh, Because all the other studios basically were like, no, I'm not doing this like crazy unless you change all these things. And so FX they have this beautiful I mean that's where they are now fifteen years later they're still on FX because they wow. kind of just gave them FX. the freedom that's to do awesome. whatever
0: FX gets slept on but like yeah. they are a really they wonderful have always sunny
1: they network. have Atlanta they, had uh, Sons they have Sons of Anarchy yeah Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy, is Anarchy good like yeah great network um, and so it's it's kind of like this rags to riches story in a sense of these like totally broke out of work actors throwing together a pilot. Pitching it themselves, going on to become the longest running live action comedy of all time is pretty pretty fucking cool. No, um, and, and
0: like Rob McElhenney, like uh, he gets invited to all of these like writer showrunner summits because of they like to your, to your point, Rags to is like they learn from the ground up like what it was to be munched on through the system and through the mm-hmm. industry and then spit back out and churn out quality content that gets renewed.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this, because they write a lot of their own episodes. They have other writers, but they 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 write themselves. Like, Rob writes most of the show himself. And I have such a respect for Rob, who plays Mac on the show, because not only is he writing it and starring in it, he's also the showrunner. And he oh. sits in on the editing of every episode. And I'm just, I am so blown away with the amount of work he puts into, into that show Uh, but enough of the behind the scenes stuff. I also think like in front of the camera as a, as a show, the boundaries they, they push and how they get away with it is kind of brilliant because it's making commentary on the type of people who would do these terrible things in a satirical kind of way. But because the characters are who they are and they're piece of shit characters and they (laughs) never win. Like that's the thing they they never win, and that's how they can get away with all these like terrible schemes and plots, like like the you know taking the gasoline and and uh, reselling it for like ten times the price, and uh, just all this terrible shit. And the addition to of um, uh, in the second season of Danny DeVito is Mm. kind of a a game changer as well. I was gonna say Uh, beautiful. It's it's why
0: it's why everyone wants
1: him to be Wolverine for the MCU. All those <laughs> gurgles and growls and stuff. I, uh, I And love it. it's kind it of, it's, it's amazing me. that if you watch any interviews, he was a fan of the first season. And kind of in a, in a sense, you know, Mac, Mac had to go, Rob McElhinney had to go to meet him and convince him to the, do the show. And he was like, there's basically not really much convincing. He kind of just wanted to be a part of it. He was like, it's cool. It's like an underdog kind of like, um, you know, kind of punk rebel show in a sense. And Danny was like, I just want to be on the ground, ground floor of that. It seems like so much fun. Um, and I, I did get to take a tour of the set, which was really, really cool. Uh, you had to clean uh, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Charlie fan. I think Charlie is one of the greatest characters on TV to this day because uh, he can do anything. He's illiterate. He loves bashing rats. He makes a grilled Charlie. One of my favorite episodes is the episode where Charlie believes... He is getting smarter and uh, through an experiment, but it actually turns out to be this placebo effect. But he starts like, (laughs) he starts getting these wild ideas and starts like walking with a cane and starts speaking with an English accent to prove that he's getting smarter. And yeah, and you find out that the experiment was actually on him the whole time and he was getting a placebo effect. And he was like, oh, okay, well. Fuck nerds. And then they, they leave this classroom. And uh, it's it's just, it's brilliant. I don't know if any of you guys have spent the time to watch a majority no. of it. but I've seen oh some. God. And, and I, is, have
2: a, I have a sense of like, yes, these are like just awful people that are just
1: I've seen yeah, full of episodes. themselves.
2: And nothing goes well. Even when they think that their grand schemes are totally working, they always the bottom I mean, always falls out. To me, yeah.
0: it sounds like I don't know why I haven't watched it. I feel like it's a little bit going back to Peaky Blinders. Like you know, I'll have to like try to really watch it. But it, to me, it's like it seems almost like the perfect escalation, especially for someone like me who loved Ed and Eddie. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally about three dummies. And if you who, like, like dark comedies, theater. I mean, it's
1: a, it's a dark comedy for sure. Um, I mean, well, I mean they, of people they get into expenses. stuff like. You Know they they get into stuff where they like huff gasoline and, and stuff like that, yeah, and they're it gets just terrible pretty, to each other, yeah. Uh, but one of my favorite things through lines to the show is if you watch it in order, there is a very slow progression of Dennis being the uh handsome vain one to complete sociopath, just disconnected from society and manipulating people to the nth degree. And it's this wonderful, like, I, I, I. I've talked to Tom about this before. Like, there is a there is a, a like a study I want to do there, a video essay of some sort, where you just follow his progression in the background from vain to complete sociopath. Fucking psycho. It, yeah, like he starts than, referring himself the, to himself as the golden god, and like,
2: oh <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's better I've got snippets of that.
1: The snail that in Adventure Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that show is is just absolutely brilliant, and it's a big inspiration for for me and PAS as a whole, uh, to just kind of come from That's nothing and and have this achievement of like not only do they come from nothing and become the longest running TV show, but they've had Danny they have Danny DeVito as a cast regular and uh, what's well, a household name fun, now? Yeah, fun fact is that uh, Rob met his wife on that show, mm. who is D D Reynolds is his wife. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can watch her audition tape, and it's pretty brilliant because she comes in and reads, and you can just hear them busting a gut in the background because nice. uh, he reads with her, and they just fell in love, and now they're married, oh. and it's wonderful. Their Instagram that's is the funniest sweet. thing I've ever seen. Must be nice. Anyway, yeah, that's that's so. always sunny. I encourage everyone to watch it. Uh, wow. So good, Josh, Caitlin, Josh. Yeah.
0: Uh
3: fine. Deja uh, this one was. Get a, right now. We want to see that an food easy porn
0: one. opening.
3: Yeah. Um, this one was uh, an easy one, Dexter. Oh, Dexter, so good. so good! Is a show that I have watched three Dexter's or four Laboratory? times. Yes. No, yes. Dexter's Laboratory. I'm sorry, I didn't finish that that time. Shout out to
1: John Lithgow.
3: <laughs> yes. Shut um, up, Con...
1: Oh God! Wow.
0: Oh, it, that's exactly um, how he says it, and yeah. that's exactly
1: the reaction you should have. Oh God! The um, way he says it is a. Uh, is a thing like you want to never hear again, but also you're like, maybe just one more time. Maybe it's, just say it one more
0: time. It's kind of like <laughs> it's like if someone was choking you and slapping you and spitting in your face at the same time, you're like, but you liked it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're like, but why There's do I a, like this? Yeah. Yeah. But why? It is
0: very
3: much
1: like why anyway, do I like it?
0: as the Josh, dean on community says, Why do you like this? It? better not
3: awaken anything in me. Um No, it's a it's a riveting show from beginning to end. I Yeah, I might have a little bit of criticism for the finale, but for the show, huh? Go
0: ahead. I was going to say, I'm in that same boat. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, Dexter, but the last seasons are garbage. I'm like, but if you watch the show, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, from the very beginning, they set up this whole idea of, like, Dexter could never get away from his dark passenger and that it's Mm -hmm. a curse in his life. And so how do you do that? You fulfill the prophecy. Or, I mean, you could have it where it has the happy ending. But, you know, again, my favorite line to say, Caitlin, it's not what you want, it's what you need. And, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. it's that thing where it's like, ah, oh, I get it. I yeah. get it for the character, but I didn't want it for the character.
3: Yeah. Um. So it is, it's, it, for me, it's hard I, was to okay I was okay with I was okay with the finale. No. What? Mm. What, Corey?
1: No, I just said it's, it's one of those shows that's hard to watch. Sometimes you're like, I, "Ooh, this, this hurts me to see happen to people," but I know it has to happen. And yeah, yeah. It's poetic. I know it's the right character arc, but it. I just. I. Why am I rooting for this person? I shouldn't be, but I totally am.
3: Yeah. Um, and I just love the the pat like the the journey of Dexter watching him. Like he just has no, he has no idea about people. Like really, like how to read people in a sense of, like, what emotion is. And it it's just something that I really enjoyed. And I every character I loved, um, the finale, like you said, Tom, it it is something that's like, oh, I don't want it like that, but it makes complete sense when it was done and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. It's I wish just a Michael show C. Hall I've got watched. more
1: work. Hmm? I wish Michael C. Hall got more work.
3: Yeah, he's... Uh, the other show, and I'll save this for TV shows. RS Part Two. Here comes. Here comes. We said two. Zero. Here comes. TV here comes. No, it's fucking related. Michael C. Hall and Six Feet Under. Like, it's like Michael C. Hall is amazing, and he took this like he didn't want to do another TV show, but he read the script and he was like, "Okay,
1: the, well, yeah. I've got to do this." So he's I'm in Game Night as a cameo, and he's brilliant <laughs> he's, he's in he's in gamer and that movie is garbage but um oh is that the one where the shot turns around and he like has his like dance hands? thing yes exactly <laughs> no, that shot that is shot.
0: dope though <laughs> I mean the thing is
1: like again he's
0: wonderful but yeah the movie is trash like he could have been the Nolan
3: Riddler. like that's yeah who, it would have been
0: fucking phenomenal
3: whoa Josh's uh,
2: face just lit up a lot
0: I just um, love
3: Michael C Hall anytime I see him in anything I'm just he's ever every time you see Hall every time I see Hall yeah.
0: Um, but um, to that point I, I will say I, I, I'm i a little bit of like half and half because the first three episodes it's very like he's sociopathic he does not understand people and then mm-hmm. after that it's like oh you know, he gets people like he yeah. he's able to feign humanity which is the sociopathic part of him very very well which I'm like okay well he does understand people because that was yeah. my big allure when I first watched the show I, I watched it binged it on Netflix and um I immediately fell in love with it because it's like, he's a good guy. He just is literally probably meant to be a terrible person. But everything he does is a redemptive arc to try to cope with the fact that he has these urgens, urges. Um, and this idea that he can't re- re- relate to people because he's just logic. Logic embodiment. That's what and I mean.
3: I'll, like, it's not that he doesn't understand the emotions. He doesn't understand the point of them, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, why are you, it's almost like, why are you getting emotional about this? There's not like...
1: It's a stop. waste of energy.
3: It's, it's a waste of energy. Way. Yeah.
0: And I mean, and that's the thing where it's like the show is kind of just like more of this implementation of learning how to be human. And, you know, he gets these things that he like attached to like Batista and like Rita and all that stuff. And, oh, what happened Rita Rita? Oh. Yeah. I haven't oh, seen it. Uh, oh, so, oh, surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. Uh, oh. That's,
1: like that's where it's from,
0: man. Yes, I love it. Surprise, oh. motherfucker. Supplies, um, motherf- Anyways,
3: but yeah, just beginning to end. I love the show. I love all of the arcs of the characters. Anything
1: that happens, you're just kind of like, ah,
3: oh, no, but it has to happen,
1: um, man. That I won't spoil anything, but the season four finale is <clears throat> one of my favorite finales I've seen on on TV in a while. Season four, what?
3: period. Like John, is that Lithgow? I'll just say oh, yeah. John Lithgow. Yeah,
1: that's the Lithgow season.
3: He man, fuck there's that a reason why he won awards for for that. He is just so good. He's so yeah. good yeah. in that, and yeah,
0: right. uh, it's it's uh. it's a really good show. And Caitlin, if you haven't watched <laughs> it yet, like the like if we mention spoilers, it will possibly ruin the show. Yeah. Oh. Because it All does right. lead you to like because the entire show, and I, this is what I always like. And to me, what's indicative of a good show is like, okay, but how are you gonna? How, what's what's next? Wh- how are you gonna? Who who's better than that person? How who is he gonna fight against this? Because. You know, the premise is Dexter is a sociopathic murderer who works for the police department and he works in forensics. So like he can clean up he's all a, his... he's a serial killer, serial killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he kills people that he he vets through like this person would never get uh reformed through, you know, you know uh, normal the, means the someone gonna system. kill them
2: to get them out of
0: the world. And then yeah. typically each season follows of someone who's a more diabolical, like cause he plots. He he vets them, he sees them, and he finds a way to kill them. Well, this other person just kills, you know, um, non-discriminatory, and so mm-hmm. he has to then try to find this big catch, um, yeah. this big kill, um, and uh, when he does, and he's you methodical get, as fuck. You get the same That's kind right. of cathartic release that he does, of like, oh, yes, fucking. Kill the beautiful this, thing is he fuck.
1: works. He works in the crime division, so he knows all the things they use to find people who kill people, and mm-hmm. so he goes around he all of that. And circumvent them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's. It, it's and, a it's it, a great concept. It plays good cat and mouse too. It's based off a book. Yeah. So yeah. also, I think it's one of the most interestingly and uh, symbolically edited uh, openings of any TV oh, show. Oh my god! Well. Yes, uh, that is, was going to be
3: my next thing. Oh, like I, the opening.
1: Like just I watched watching. it every time. I never skipped. Oh, yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> it's just you want to see
0: and just. Uh, oh. Kalen, to give you an idea, it's him waking up. It's his morning ritual. And it's him making breakfast, but it's done like as if it was a murder. Yeah. Uh, and so it's I really. I think I remember
2: wild. that. Like really you see the red splash
0: and you think it's blood, and then you realize it's hot okay. sauce on an egg, yeah. and like. And then you see him like <laughs> tighten his boots up. It looks like it's strangling somebody. Oh. It's so well done. You see him like shave, and it looks like he's about to slice a throat. And it's like, and they they throw in, you know, Josh probably gets his little sound engineer boner off where like they have like the cuts, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> so.
3: Um, Boink. And shout out to Colin Hanks in uh, oh. season six and seven. I I love that story arc. Again, not going to give anything away uh, for Caitlin.
1: Uh, I have to watch those. I'll be honest. I stopped after five or hmm. during five. Oh, my. Oh, oh. I'm going to say like this.
0: There is a Selena Kyle like character who's phenomenal. And I fell in love with that woman.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll get <laughs> it was, to it. It was
3: great. Um but yeah, it's a show that I've I've probably watched three or four times all the way through, I feel like it's, it's one of those shows that are, it's like I. There have been times where I'm like, I just want to watch an episode. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I just I enjoy mean, it, enjoy. It. That's
1: me and Always Sunny. It's like you know what, I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm just gonna put on Always Sunny, and I don't. Even, I'll like I'll like um roulette. Like yeah. I'll just scan through the episodes and then click one, and be like, "There we go. That's what I'm watching tonight." I mean,
0: with with they're with, all good. With Dexter too, it came during Showtime, and Showtime hadn't really made a stance of like we're a really big you know network. There was always HBO. HBO had always been like the the cornerstone of like we're that direct TV special that you didn't think you paid for, but then twelve months later, now you pay for it. And then Showtime became that one, um, and uh, like it was ten episodes per season, hour long. And it to me it felt so concise and, and it felt good, like fuck the eighth episode, oh shit, something bad's really gonna happen. Something bad gonna like, happen. And the ninth was like, oh fuck, they're about to get it, but I know some real bad's gonna happen. And then like, so like <laughs> like th- and I, I think of this all in hindsight of like always Sunny, um, Dexter, compared to Game of Thrones, where it just like it felt like the most plate stacking to tumbling I've ever seen in my life. Oh. <laughs> where, like other shows have like, oh, what, what, how, how it resolved. I'm like, hey, it ended and it ended in a logical place. Versus like, but why? You know. That, oh yeah, that was Game of Thrones. I love you,
1: lost, but goddamn baby. <laughs> I, 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 I blame I blame JJ and not Damon Lindelof because I don't I yeah I don't think I don't think there's one person to blame on that. I think Lind, it was if if watch too many me. I think there was too many hands in that pie. Uh, too just many lost it all hands. around. Yeah, Ugh. We gotta go back. Caitlin, round us out. I used to do an impression of of Michael Fox and it was just me out of breath. (laughs) That was it. That was the whole impression. Every every line he says in Lost is just, we gotta gotta go back. What's wrong, Kate? (laughs) (laughs) That's his his MO. Wow. Look up any Jack Lost clip and he'll be out of breath no matter what they're doing.
0: That's what I thought for Nina Dobrev in Vampire Diaries. She's like, Jeremy, you just don't understand.
1: <laughs> it's always the always exhaling the it's
2: always and down. demon
0: I just want to love you Stefan why are you going to be like this and I'm just like I love you girl and I will still marry you I don't give a shit anyway so Caitlin
2: round us out All Right. so I'm going to talk about
1: Matthew my Fox, favorite show
2: Fox. right now alright I feel complete it's been my favorite <laughs> show for a couple of years now Midnight Diner Pitch, pitch us the show. Tell us like so what you would expect show, to get into. There's actually five seasons of this show. It started back in 2009. Okay. So the premise of this show is it's all happening in this um, little restaurant that's only open from midnight to seven in the morning.
0: Only one and restaurant.
2: One restaurant. Yeah. So everything is happening centered at this restaurant. Uh it's Izekiah uh, Izakaya, I think. Um, mm-hmm. it's like a they he has like this teeny tiny menu. The the guy who runs the place is just called the Master. And um, he has a tiny menu of like beer and like you know the, there's like soup and that's kind of it. And he'll make whatever you want, but you have to bring in your own ingredients. So cool. It's like how many Hot people Cheetos. do you think would come in uh, between midnight and seven in the morning? More than you'd think. And then it's kind of like the colorful cast of people that would come in from midnight to seven in the morning, and like their they, stories. They're like regulars and stuff. Regulars, yeah. So like his store regulars, people that kind of come in and go out. There's kind of like a a sort of recurring cast that's usually there. Um, But there are like longer arcs that are happening. People that will come back every like six months. And time passes quickly within one episode. There'll be like three months passed and they came back. Um, That's dope. Yeah, it's amazing. And each episode like centers around a food. So there's Mm, like...
3: I see why you um, like it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh my God, of course I love it. Um, there's like this Yakuza member mm. and he really likes ordering these little red wiener, like red hot dogs and he like cuts them up into little octopuses mm. and like, you know, he's the Yakuza member has got his own story, but there's also like this, um, uh, 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 I can't remember if they're like a drag queen or what, but like they end up becoming friends and like maybe they're in love but, you know, and they like rolled omelets and he likes the red hot dogs and they eat off each other's plates and there's like this whole thing. But that's I like, know you
1: said rolled omelets, but I thought you said rolled almonds. Like rolled, rolled almonds. <laughs> the omelets? writer. No. Rolled p- almonds.
2: Rolled almonds. Um, Who but hates no, kids? Rolled every, omelets. every episode is themed on like a food and how that plays into their Life. story. So, like, it's. And, and keep in mind, there are like fifty episodes out at this point, mm. and there is like a different food in every episode.
0: And each season is like ten episodes.
2: Yeah, each season is ten episodes, so there's fifty episodes and fifty different like featured foods. The only thing I think they fully come back to is the red wieners because the yakuza guy like kind of goes a out, comes back.
0: Reoccurring
2: Yeah, and um, soba. At the end of each season, mm. it's like the new year hits; it's time for soba. Mm. Um, but there's so much like nostalgia and emotion and the way that they connect everything to like the emotional buildup to just like eating this food is such a big deal. There, there was actually what I just watched recently. There was like voice actors. Mm -hmm. They were like, they came in to get this Kitsune Udon. Um, and they were told that getting it specifically from his shop is really lucky. Um, uh, so they were coming in to eat his udon before they go to their audition the next day. And uh, it's supposed to be extra lucky because he, uh, like, gives um, uh, fried tofu. That's part of the udon, kitsune udon, is fried tofu on top of udon. And he offers some of it to a shrine every night. And that's why his kitsune udon is very lucky. So you're, like, learning a little bit about the master. Mm. You're learning a little bit about, like, his shop and why it might be special and then you like the most of the story is about the voice actors who have their audition and like the the like they fight because one of them becomes more successful quickly and then the other one um like ends up working an office job that she hates for a long time but then she comes around uh and ends up being more successful than the other one and then at the end they like meet back up at the restaurant again after like things have been patched and they have kitsune udon again together mm-hmm. so it's like There's a whole emotional arc that's based on the food. So it's it's and it's the first time I've seen a show where I was so emotionally invested. I couldn't binge it
3: Mm. Mm.
0: like I had
2: to watch one episode and and I had to take a break, take a moment and think about it. And then I could come back. Like yeah. I had to be in a real particular mood to watch multiple episodes in one day. And the most I could get through is maybe three or four. Couldn't watch any more than that. Because it's just like, they'll fucking stab you right in the heart with all your emotions. And um, even if it's like a food that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily go out and eat like a uh, Sake steamed clams, or something. Oh, like that sounds amazing! That sounds great, but it's oh. not something that, like, I would that from my childhood that I would be nostalgic for. But in the but same Wieners way would. that, like, a Ghibli film makes you nostalgic for, uh, like Japan. an area you've never been to or a, a story you've or never experienced, how
0: Adele makes you miss somebody you don't even know.
2: Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and t- Midnight Diner is really good about helping you, you understand the nostalgia for the food that's the topic of every episode. And you get to like partake in the nostalgia of the story of the person who's featured in every episode. So it's just, it's so beautiful. Like It, it sounds
0: like the, and the fulcrum is always going to be the diner, but then you yes. get a chance to see other people's lives. And if they are reoccurring, then you get to kind of grow with them. But instead, but also you gotta get to get, it has a freedom to just tell these micro stories too.
2: Right. And, and there like, there's such a cornucopia of characters and, and being the midnight that's diner, a nice that's one. midnight to 7am. You've got, you know, you've got normal office hour people. You've got people who are just starting their day at like six in the morning who are like, quote unquote, normal. You've got Yakuza members. You've got like porn stars. Yeah. You've got voice actors. You've people in the midnight
1: whose days are ending at, uh, Right. Four in the morning.
2: Right. So it, they have such a, a wonderful folk. cast of people that like, yeah, sometimes you find yourself at this kind of a restaurant at two in the morning. Oh, yeah. S- sometimes you go there regularly because that's, you know, you're just your normal hours. So they've, they've found such a, a nice balance of kind of doing whatever they want and it making sense.
0: I would I would hate for America to do it, but America is America and Netflix is Netflix. Um, but I've definitely had a lot of those moments where, um, it was the same thing, but it was like an IHOP or a Denny's where like, you have probably some of the greatest memories and moments and conversations at like super late night, just done partying or you're done with your junior prom. And it's like, where do we go? Where do they allow us to go? You go to the IHOP. And so Mm -hmm. those are the things. Ours was Denny's. Or, or, you know, you get done with the, get done with the convention and then you go to a Mm -hmm. fucking IHOP or Denny's and stuff like
2: that. Oh yeah. That's, that's like a... And and I think that's that's also something that really hits nostalgia for me because I remember being, um, we traveled a lot to like visit family when I was little. So I remember being in the van a lot with my my family, and then we would stop at a restaurant kind of late at night, and I would randomly see like, you know, groups of people from all different walks of life, and I was always like, I wonder what their day to day life is like, and then. As I grew up, I became that group of people seeing like a little kid staring at me, being like, What are you? Like, what is happening over there? I am a blues and, and McDonald's. This show is like, yeah. <laughs> but but this show is like the epitome of that, of like, yeah, you do get a look into those people's lives. It is kind of uh giving you the opportunity to really expand upon not just like 10-minute interaction, but like you know, several months of their life within the span of a 30 minute episode.
0: Maybe, it's great. Maybe the manga writer was a kid just like you in an alternate world. Yeah, maybe.
2: Maybe.
0: All right. Well, I think that uh finishes up the episode. We did it. We we gave you a show where we talked about our favorite shows. Uh, we did if, it. If we, we gave did you a show. We did it. We did it's a it. Show about shows. Uh, if we, as always,
3: nerd. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: and we tried to encapsulate the shows that were meaningful to us if we hadn't already done an episode about it. Um, yeah, Josh, Real. sing us out. You do. You do this part.
3: You do it. You do you. You um, do the, do the thing, Julie. Um, Everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you immensely. Tell us about your shows, your favorite shows, yeah. nostalgia factor or not. What are your favorite shows? Reach out to us in the Discord or on social media. There's even a contact form on our website. Uh, reach out. We love to hear from on touch. From you me. All. Just um, do it. Just do it. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, we appreciate you all. Do stop by uh rate and review us wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcast, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, or like Stitcher, Stitcher. We're, we we are things. everywhere. We are YouTube. officially everywhere, which is dope. And yeah, just don't look YouTube. for us on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Um, but yeah, uh share us with your friends, your family. Check out our website nerdon.tv. Do consider joining that Nerd On Nation. It does help us to grow and to be The best that we can be and to be better than the best that we can be dang that's a lot to Um, be the best
1: ever the best ever but uh yeah be the michael jordan of podcasts
3: (laughs) thank you so much for listening you know the drill
1: as always nerd on
3: Broadcast.